What up? It's Dramos from the Life as a Gringo podcast. Here to give a shout out to State Farm for proudly supporting this show and all the storytellers on the Michael Tura podcast network. State Farm values family as much as we do, and that's why they offer surprisingly great rates. So you don't have to give up doing the things you love with the folks you love. With State Farm, you'll help protect what's important to you. Together, we are committed to elevating Latino voices. It's our time to be heard about so many topics. And with help from State Farm, we can speak on things like mental health, culture, financial literacy, living life as a gringo, and so much more. State Farm supports our vision, our communities, our neighborhoods, and our people because our loved ones are just as important to them as they are to you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, a proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And I'm at Rich Valdez with an S, by the way, on the social media. Big shout out to everybody listening on 1210 WPHT. We're going to get to some uh, shore news, some Philly news, some Jersey news straight ahead. But what I talk about today, I'm talking about Tacos. (laughs) Tacos. <laughs> yes, Jill Biden. Plus, what's going on with Twitter? We're going to get an update on that from uh, my buddy Lou Gellarmino, who's an attorney. And we're going to talk about Trump because apparently he's decided what he's going to do. But I want to jump into the tacos because Jill Biden, she was uh, at a Latinx luncheon, as some people like to say, Latinx. And this is a term, obviously, that I, I, I reject, and I've done this numerous times on the air because. This isn't a term that was created by Hispanic people. This is a term created by white liberals trying to force Hispanics to become genderless or what they like to call gender neutral. However, anybody who's ever taken Spanish 101 in high school or college knows that it's el y ella, him and her. The whole language is based on masculinity and femininity. And how else can they um, get rid of the language except for saying abolish Spanish but for calling for something Latinx. So good luck to them with that. Uh, machismo is not going to die anytime soon. I think the, um, the fierce femininity of the Latina isn't going anywhere anytime soon. It's a part of our culture to dance. It's typically men dancing with women. It, it, this is just a part of the culture. So to try and get rid of an entire people group because it doesn't fit your narrative of being genderless or gender fluid or whatever and what have you, I think is silly. And this is why I think most Hispanics, most Latinos, most Latinas reject the term Latinx. But anyway, Joe Biden was at this Latinx, Latinx luncheon. And she made uh, what she believed to be uh, an innocuous comment, something that was, you know, very safe. It was it was very... Um, well-intentioned when she called everybody in the room as unique as a taco. And this has been all the rage the last few days. Now, listen, I'm so used to being mistreated, disrespected, and demeaned by the left. 
and in particular the elite amongst the Democrat Party, they've always thought they've known better than me. They've always thought they know more than you. They've always thought that this is how life is supposed to be. We tell you what to do, and you do it. So I I wasn't shocked. To me, it was par for the course. This is what I expect from Democrats in positions of power. But a lot of people were really, really offended, and rightfully so. So listen to Jill Biden's comments. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx. Hold it now. The Bogodas. Now, even if you said it wrong and you were trying to say bodega, right? It's it's bodega. But still, Bogota sounds like Bogota, like a city in Colombia or a sister city in New Jersey called Bogota. Either way, Bogota's doesn't cut it. Go ahead, Jill. Continue. As beautiful as the blossoms of Miami. I love me some Miami. Go ahead. And as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. (laughs) You are as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. So now I guess maybe the the folks in San Antonio are like, yeah, thank you. Thank you, First Lady Gringa. Thank you, First Lady Biden, because you are giving us this praise of being as unique as a breakfast taco. Now, perhaps it's my ignorance of not really having ever had a breakfast taco in San Antonio, but I could see why, and I think you could too after hearing that, why people are up in arms and offended that that the First Lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden, has called these people as unique as a breakfast taco. Go ahead. Is your strength. All right, so that is our strength. Our superpower is that we are as unique as tacos, right? I guess she's saying, well, you know, maybe some of the Cubans, they're either really, really black or you could find the green-eyed ones, you know, the ones that look uh, Caucasian. Maybe maybe this is our superpower, diversity, our how unique we are. I don't know. I really don't know what she meant by this. It seems to me an underhanded Freudian slip where people just don't get it. So good old Dr. Jill Biden Although she may claim she meant this in the best of intentions, she did have to cough up an apology. Matter of fact, the apology came from the White House. Looking here at this piece in the New York Post headline, Jill Biden forced to apologize after saying Latinos are unique as breakfast tacos. The White House was compelled to issue this apology on behalf of Jill Biden on Tuesday after the First Lady was ripped by Hispanic lawmakers and interest groups, the National Organization for Hispanic Journalists, not the least of which, took aim at her saying that this group is being compared to the diversity of food. Quote, the first lady apologizes that her words conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the Latino community. End quote. That was from Joe Biden's spokesperson, Michael LaRosa. And that was put out on Twitter. The president's wife caused this outrage after she made this silly comment at Unidos U.S., formerly the National Council of La Raza. I wonder why they changed their name from La Raza the race to Unidos. Why? Because this is a divisive Marxist organization. How do I know? Because when I was 18, they sent me something in the mail to join and I looked at it and I was like, oh, look how cool. It's very pro-Hispanic. I'm Hispanic. Let me check it out. And again, I was rather conservative in most of my thoughts. I thought it was just a cultural ethnic organization. Lo and behold, very radical leftist Marxist in their advocacy of everything Marxist, everything leftist. They never saw leftist cause they didn't love. And that was when I said, oh, this is not good. This is not good. Not good at all. So that's what happened here. But civil rights activist uh, 
Raul Izaguirre. He, uh, he helped build that organization. And Jill is helping to bring it down. <laughs> so kudos to you, Jill Biden, in your ignorance. Now, some of the other reactions from newly elected Representative Myra Flores from Texas saying on Twitter, they don't just understand Latinos aren't buying their liberal pandering. We care about the rising costs of housing, food, gas and other excuse me issues that impact everyday Americans. No matter how loud they yell their made up words, it won't change the reality of their failed policies. Then Ted Cruz taken to Twitter as well, saying as a chorizo, egg and cheese taco, (laughs) describing himself as that kind of taco. And Senator Marco Rubio changed his Twitter profile picture temporarily to uh, a picture of a taco. Hashtag new profile pic. That's pretty funny. So these are some of the uh, responses that we got from uh, her mispronouncing bogadas, which are really bodegas, and everything else that she said in her um, National Council of La Raza, formerly known as, uh, speech at the Latinx Latinx luncheon. Reminds me of a story once a buddy of mine told me, Professor Roland Alum, he's been like a political mentor of mine, he's an anthropologist and a bureaucrat for many years in the state of New Jersey. He once told me a story about a judge, a state judge, who was advising a then-governor, Christine Todd Whitman, And they explained to her that they were going to set up a fundraiser for her in Puerto Rico, the American island of Puerto Rico in the Caribbean. Who wouldn't want to go to that fundraiser? But she um, the judge quickly put the kibosh on this and said, no, 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 we can't do that. And they said, why not? And she said, we can't raise money for a political campaign in a foreign country. And this woman was a, a sitting judge. They looked at one another and they thought, okay. And they kind of just quietly bowed out of the room to go somewhere else to laugh at her <laughs> because she didn't realize that Puerto Rico is, is not a foreign country. It's belonged to the United States since the war of, I don't know, what was it, the War of 1812, the Spanish-American War, excuse me. So anyway, my point is there is uh, historical ignorance that many people suffer from in this country and it has nothing to do with Hispanics per se. It just has to do with not understanding history. And then when you lack historical context, you just believe whatever you're told. You might believe anything that Biden has to say when he's pushing abortion rights and using horrible examples like the horrific rape of a 10-year-old girl by an illegal alien. Listen to this. Just last week was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim of high, 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. That's last part is my judgment. 10 years old. 10 years old. Raped, six weeks pregnant, already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl. Just, I'm serious, just imagine being that little girl, 10 years old. Now, of course, this is something everyone should feel bad about. Nobody should celebrate such a thing. So, yeah, I joined President Biden in feeling terrible about this girl. This is horrible that she was raped. This is something nobody ever wants to support. But shame on him for turning this into a political debacle. That girl is going to get the medical attention that she needs. And do I wish she could get it down the block from her house? Uh, I would suppose that there should be, you know... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Exceptions for rape and incest. But if they're not in existence in her state, then she may have to go elsewhere. And I understand that. And that's realistic. You know, and I don't mean to minimize this any way. It's not a comparison. But this is a story that I'm going to share for the sake of observation. I have a dear friend that when his son was very young, 
he had very severe case of eczema and they couldn't figure out what was going on. He went to a bunch of different hospitals here in, in New York and New Jersey. And it wasn't until he got to a place called CHOP in Philadelphia, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, that they figured out what was going on, that it was a food allergy and they identified the foods. And he's been doing a lot better ever since. So he had to go across state lines to get this care. And I say, thank God that care was available across state lines because it was very specialty care. Now, I understand that there are people that are going to say that this little girl should have access to an abortion in her home state. That's an argument you can have. I don't believe that we should have 10-year-old girls that are victims of rape. That's really what I don't believe. And I understand that she exists and and my heart goes out to her. I pray for her and her family. and, And I hope this human fecal sample who raped her, Gerson Fuentes, 27-year-old illegal immigrant, I hope that that he rots in hell forever, and once he's dead, he rots all over again, like on, on repeat. Because that's the problem. And the way that he got here, that's the problem. Softening asylum rules, that's the problem. So when we look at that, Joe Biden, when you're pointing the finger at abortion laws, no, sir, look at the three fingers pointing back at you. Look in the mirror and realize that you are the problem, that are that you are perpetuating illegal immigration. And this little girl in Ohio, in the middle of our country, is paying the price. This isn't a border problem anymore. This is an American problem because of Joe Biden. More to come straight ahead. We're going to talk about criminal defense attorney Louis Gellarmino about what's going on with the Twitter case. Don't move a muscle. It's Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. What up, what up? It's Dramos from the Life as a Gringo podcast. And y'all already know, food has the power to bring people together. Whether it's takeout for two or watching the season finale of your favorite show or going to a barbecue with your peoples. Both go great with an ice-cold Coca-Cola by your side. And if you can't cook, chips and dip work, especially as you listen to your go-to podcast. At Michael Tura, we know familia, friends, and community matter. That's why we aim to elevate Latino voices. So share the magic of our podcast with your friends and add a Coca-Cola to the mix because there's magic when we eat together. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows, Like Life is a Gringo, available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Everybody listening on 1210 WPHT in Philly, welcome back. Now, as promised, I want to talk about Twitter. One of the uh, analysts from CNBC was saying that if Elon Musk tries to back out of this Twitter deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion dollars, 
that he might end up in jail. And I thought, my goodness, I got to call one of my guys who knows about Wall Street and these deals and is a lawyer. So I said, let me call Lou Gellarmino. Louis Gellarmino spent 20 years on Wall Street, and now he's a criminal defense attorney out of New York City. Louis Gellarmino, welcome to the program. Rich, thanks for having me. You bet. Anytime, Lou. Always a pleasure to chat with you. So now I'm looking at the story. And yesterday, that was the story. He was going to jail. Today, the story's getting sued. What's the story here? Is Elon Musk going to jail because he doesn't want to buy Twitter anymore? Uh, I, I, I do find that amusing. I have to tell you, I find this whole takeover deal really, really interesting from both perspectives. As you mentioned, I spent 20 years on the Florida New York Stock Exchange, so I'm always interested on what's going down on Wall Street. Plus, as a criminal defense attorney, I did kind of find it amusing and interesting uh, uh, about what David Barber said yesterday on CNBC, that he thought that uh, Musk might go to jail for something like this. I, 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 I can't see that happening. I, I, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I certainly, in my estimation, would think it was a long, 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 long shot. You got a better chance of winning the lottery, let's put it that way, than Musk going to jail for not performing on this. Now, that's not to say we're, we're not going to have a very interesting trial down in Delaware and, and that it's not going to be in the news for the next two or three years. And there's going to be some very interesting stuff coming out. That's what's going to happen. And Musk might pay a heavy price for this. But going to jail, I find that very, very far-fetched. Now, obviously, you're the attorney. I'm not. But I am a judge in the court of public opinion. And I can tell you that if this thing goes to trial in front of me, I, I think that the, the argument that they're making that you came, you flirted with us, you got everything all hot and heavy, then you walked away and ruined our stock price. Uh, I think that's a valid argument that that they're going to bring. What say you? Well, you know, Rich, it's interesting. I, I mean, from first look, yeah, that that is a, certainly a valid argument. And and at first, if you remember correctly, the Twitter board didn't want to accept his offer. Right. Now, all of a sudden, when the stock is down over 20 points, they're going to hold him to the offer. Now, if you spent any time on Wall Street, if, if people follow these takeovers, and back in the 80s and 90s and, and early 2000s when I, was, when I was down on the floor, this stuff was happening all the time. This is not uncommon. People make bids. Companies make bids for other bids uh, for other companies, and then something happens and the deal falls apart. It, it's not an, un, uh, an uncommon thing. Don't forget, that's one side of the equation. The other side of the, the equation was once Musk went in and dug under the pillows, he found a lot of things that Twitter wasn't being truthful for. At, at least that's what he alleges. So that's why we have a trial, and that's why we're going to see what happens down in court. Absolutely. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I also think that he has a valid point where he says, hey, look, I'm willing to pay you more than this thing is worth for what you're saying it is. And then upon further inspection, well, it's not really what you said it was. You don't really have this many users. It's not what it purported to be. So I, I think we need to renegotiate or I'll walk away from the table, and he walks away from the table, which, again, you're right, not uncommon, is a common negotiating tactic. Even I know that from my days in garage sales. So everybody yeah. understands that, that, that that's the thing. Listen, I, will you take a quarter? No, give me $5, right? And you get into a thing. Yeah. But ultimately, 
Uh, I, I just I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective, uh, will the, do you think the court's actually going to compel him to pay the forty four billion or are they going to say, you know, sit down, hash it out, pay him what it's worth and make a deal? That would be the highest amount in the history of the world that a court has ever compelled somebody to perform on. It's, it's called mm. specific performance. The, the court in Delaware, the, the chancery court, that's what they call it down in Delaware, would mm. have to demand that must specifically perform on that. And that is paying $44 billion for something he doesn't want. I can't see that happening either. I, I don't see that happening. That's why there's, from what I understand now, I've tried to read a lot of the stuff, uh, a lot of the paperwork, and, you know, I don't have the ultimate contract, but from what I understand, there's a billion-dollar breakup fee. And, and that's the penalty for not performing. It's not, hey, um, I'm going to stick you to a $44 billion deal. Uh-huh. That's never been done before. The billion dollars is something that could reasonably happen to to, to Musk. He might have to perform on that. Yeah, well, honestly, and if I were Musk in this situation, not because he's the wealthiest guy, but because it's better to lose a billion than to lose 44. (laughs) It seems reasonable. 100%. I I mean, ultimately, like you mentioned earlier, this could be a negotiating tactic by Musk. Um, You don't know what he's getting into. I mean, he's offering to pay 54 something, $54 for something, that's probably worth minimum 30, uh, according to the people I'm, I'm hearing from. Um, so he obviously blundered paying that price. Um, this, again, I think Twitter blundered also because initially they didn't want him. And then they right. realized, hey, we better stick it. We better stick it to him here. All right. Because we look like fools now if we don't hold them to the $54 when our stock price is 30. So it's a really, really interesting. Did you know, the other part of that is did Musk's ego get in the way here and did he just play a game on everybody? I think that's what Trump is saying. I think that's what Donald Trump is kind of calling him out on. Did yeah. he just kind of, because you're the richest man in the world, say, okay, you know what? I'm going to dabble with you and see what happens. And that that. was something I was thinking, too. Was it the pressure from Trump saying that's a bad deal? He shouldn't do the deal. But I have a clip of audio I want you to hear from Saturday because Trump called him out yet again. Listen to this. Another one of our highest priorities under a Republican Congress will be to stop left wing censorship and to restore free speech in America. and sign up now for Truth Social. It's hot as a pistol, and you see that. I pull that one right. Leon, I tell you what. Elon, Elon is not going to buy Twitter. Where did you hear that before? From me. From a fake account. She says fake. A lot of them. Nah, he's got himself a mess. You know, he said the other day, oh, I've never voted for a Republican. I said, I didn't know that. He told me he voted for me. So he's another bullshit artist, but he's not going to be buying it. He's not going to be buying it. Although he might later. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? He's got a pretty rotten contract. I looked at his contract. Not a good contract. So there it is. It seems like these guys are in the proverbial pissing match between who's going to buy what, where, and how. Uh, Lou Gellarmino, the last 90 seconds to you. As far as the deal goes, you know, I find it really interesting. I'm going to be playing close attention. I don't have a prediction, 
I kind of think that Musk will wind up buying it at a much lower price. Or and not going to jail. He's certainly not going to jail. He's certainly, he's certainly not <laughs> going to jail. David Faber was far-reaching there. I mean, in, in some archaic legal theory, there's an outside, outside chance, but mm-hmm. he's certainly not going to jail. No, I don't. All right. I, I, I want you to keep that. Okay, I want you to keep your legal hat on, your criminal defense attorney hat on, so we can talk about this New York bodega case. Listen to this headline. NBC New York, new video shows girlfriend stabbed New York City bodega worker after the confrontation turned deadly. So that's uh, one of the developments that we're seeing here. This is new video that's coming from inside the bodega shows that the moment the worker uh, was stabbed by the girlfriend, I didn't even know this guy had been stabbed. After he had stabbed the guy, she went and stabbed him. Apparently, that's what's going on. So the pressure now continues to mount on the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, to drop the murder charge against Jose Alba, the Washington Heights bodega clerk accused of killing Austin Simon. Now, this is the guy we talked about this on the air. But just to give you a refresher, this is the guy that came in after there was a a disagreement over a potato chip purchase. And she was arguing and said, I'm going to get my boyfriend. He's going to come beat you up. And the guy comes and he comes around the counter, grabs Mr. Alba by the neck in his own place of business, corners him right behind the counter in his own uh, workspace. And then the guy grabs a knife, gets into a tussle with him, and he kills the guy. Apparently, she also uh, stabbed him. I'm guessing it was superficial because the guy spent a week in jail before they reduced his bail and he was able to get out. So, Lou Gellarmino, tell us... um, what you know about this, what light you could shed on this, and how you think this is going to end up. Well, first, let me tell you, as a criminal defense attorney and a lifelong New Yorker, I am completely disgusted by this. I was completely mm-hmm. disgusted when I first watched it. It's disappointing. It's disgusting. Just when you think the insanity can't get any worse, something happens to just kick it up another notch. This is happening every night. This is just an, an indicative of what's going on throughout America. Things have been flipped. The criminals are getting all the protection, and normal, everyday, hardworking citizens like this poor bodega owner that's been in this country for 30 years, has never done anything wrong, that's working his ass off in that bodega, gets put away for a week and has a $500,000 bail set on him for clearly defending himself. Nobody in his right mind would look at that video, and the video shows the whole damn thing. Nobody in their right mind would look at that video and say that that man didn't have a right to do what he did. I'm disgusted. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally with you. I mean, I think it's, it's absolutely atrocious when the victim gets arrested for murder <laughs> right. uh, when, when he's the victim. I mean, and, and now they're showing this new video, right? It says a new angle of the video shows Simon's girlfriend seen grabbing Alba's arm, then taking a knife out from her purse and stabbing him in the upper arm. So she had her own knife. She didn't go for his knife. She had her own, meaning there was intent. She was the premeditated one, not him, because obviously that was his place of business. Simon collapsed. Uh, and then this is the the new video that's uh, has surfaced. And I guess, obviously, if this would have come out the day of, we might be ta- telling a different story right now. So now, obviously, you're I'm not, not sure. his lawyer. What, what, what bothers me, Rick, is I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure even if we had this second video, because the first video was pretty clear, too. He was defending himself the whole time. 
So that's the disappointing thing. Yeah. Even if we had the second video, I'm not sure if there would be any other different situation. I really don't. And, and not only that, the poor guy went to Rikers for a week or five days. Right? Rikers is barbaric right now. Believe right. me, I know. And, and that knife wound wasn't even treated. And he got a very, very serious infection while he was at Rikers. Wow. It, 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 it's insanity. But like I said, it's indicative. This, this brag in New York City, this, this DA in New York City, is just indicative of the DAs across this country. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Chicago, Atlanta. Every big city in this country has a uber-progressive DA that has flipped the page and flipped the switch and is not prosecuting criminals any longer till the full extent of the law. It's, it's insanity. It really is. Now, she has not been charged. Do you think she's going to be charged? That's question number one. And question number two, do you think they're going to drop the charges on him? We got two minutes. I eventually think they're going to most importantly, this is most importantly, that I think they're going to drop the charges on him. They're going to have to. Good. Um, even if they don't drop the charges, I cannot see a grand jury indicting them. Even though, you, you know, the, the quote goes, you can indict a ham sandwich. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not a ham sandwich. This is a man that was clearly protecting himself. So I, I, even if this, if Bragg does decide to try to indict him, I cannot see a grand jury indicting him. As far as the, the, the woman goes, I'm surprised she's not charged yet. Uh, I, I would imagine she falls into that political protected class that that is having all is garnering all the protection in the world these days. And, and I, I, I can't see how Bragg charges her right now. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that he does because she needs to pay a price. Yeah, he should probably move on from trying to charge Rudy Giuliani and go on to moving and charging this woman. (laughs) All right, folks, we are on with Lou Gellarmino. He's a criminal defense attorney out of New York and a TV personality. You've probably seen him on Newsmax, on Wise Guys with John Tobacco. Uh, I've I've had the pleasure of being on their show. It's an excellent show. Check it out on the weekends. And straight ahead, we're going to talk about the latest on what's going on with meth and drugs in New York and across America and why the bad guys are getting away. It's just bizarre. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. It's Rich Valdez. I'm in for Bohannon right here on the Westwood One Radio Network. I've seen him on television, on Newsmax TV, on the show Wise Guys. And, you know, as I'm looking at this story, Starbucks is closing 16 of its stores nationwide. Washington, D.C., Seattle, Uh, Philly and other areas, all the same places that they have these pro-crime, pro-criminal, progressive DAs that are destroying the fabric of society. And it gets worse because now it's happening at the federal level. There's a story straight out of New York yesterday. Mexican cartel smugglers nabbed with $1.2 million worth of meth in New York City, then released thanks to lax bail laws, according to the feds. Lou Gellarmino, what's going on here? Again, I think you hit it right on the head. Between the uber-liberal progressive DAs that George Soros bankrolled across, across the country, which for some reason nobody wants to talk about, how George Soros had, had an incredible amount of, of pressure around the world, the money that he put in to get these DAs elected. But that's a, a story for another day. 
between the DAs, between the new bail laws, and, and between this, you know, these politicians that just are completely soft on crime. We have a crime rampage. And I mean, to think that you can carry $1.2 million worth of drugs on you, have it in your car, in your house, wherever, and, and just get let go 12 hours later, it, it, it's insanity. But it's going on in New York every day. Yeah, we're in bad shape, Lou Gellarmino. Lou, let everybody know where they could find you, keep up with the work you're doing. Oh, you can go to uh, Fonte and Gelamino, FNGLegalGroup.com. That's my partner, Mark Fonte. Rich, thanks for having me on. You do a fantastic job. Can't wait to have you on. Wise you got again. it, brother. Thank you. All right, folks, there's more to come straight ahead. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all of the social media. Big shout out to everybody listening on 1210 WPHT and everybody that subscribed to the podcast, whichever podcast application you like to use. I thank you for listening. I also thank you for the reviews. The reviews mean the world to me and keep them coming. It's much appreciated. Okay, so there's an article out from New York Magazine on Thursday. The headline is Donald Trump on 2024, quote, I've already made that decision. The only question left in the former president's mind is when he'll announce. 10.57 a.m. on Thursday, the 14th of July. And uh, part of the article reads, It was a beautiful day in Bedminster, New Jersey, where the former president maintains a golf club and private real estate uh, development to which he uh, retreats to every now and again from beautiful Palm Beach. And it was there that they moved on to the rally in Alaska this past Saturday, where he told the reporter here by phone that his fans were adoring him, more love, more love. 
than I've ever had before. She's saying that his voice was humming with excitement. He was still in awe after all this time, after so many rallies, so many crowds, so many winding speeches and chants of lock her up and USA and build the wall and the familiar sounds of of the songs that they play like YMCA and and um, God bless the USA, etc. And his goofy little dance that he does at the end. And she says that as a technical matter. Oh, this is just like a little bit of haterade, so I'm going to skip over that and move on to what's important. Uh, but she wants to know, is he coming back to power? And he says, look, I feel very confident that if I decide to run, I'll win. So she fixated on this. Uh, I'll read to you in the first person as, she, as it was written. I fixated on if I decide Trump is less a politician than a live action mythological creature. And so punditry and all of the standard forms of analysis tend to fail. What would factor into such a decision for such an unusual person? Well, in my own mind, I've already made that decision, so nothing factors in anymore, he said. In my own mind, I've already made that decision. Mm-hmm. So what decision did El Trumpito make? Let's see if she uh, gives us a clue. He wouldn't disclose what he decided, not at first, but then he couldn't help himself. Saying, quote, I would say my big decision will be whether I go before or after, he said. You understand what that means? His tone was conspiratorial. He was referring to the midterm elections. He repeated, after me, midterms. (laughs) Suddenly, he relaxed as though my speaking the word had somehow set it free for discussion. Do I go before or after? That will be my big decision. He was thinking aloud now, saying, quote, I think that there's just certain assets to before. Mm-hmm. L- to let people know, to so that people are aware that they shouldn't run, because if you look at the polls, he's ahead, doesn't even register. The other people don't register on the polls. Most of these people, and I think that they would actually have a backlash against them if they actually ran. She's, and then he says, people want me to run. He insists and cares very little about other Republicans that may want to run and denies that he even considers Ron DeSantis a rival. I don't feel that, he said. I endorsed Ron. They went on to talk about what was going on leading up to the 4th of July, where there were rumors about a 4th of July announcement, but that didn't come to fruition. And saying that it might have been a fake plan or really wasn't what what they were planning on doing. She met some other people and told her he was really 100% to announce on the 4th of July. This, to me, seems like Trump playing the media. He knows that, that they won't leave him alone. They have to get something. So he throws things their way to, to just keep them guessing because he understands the way they work so much better than they understand how they work because he learned how to do this so masterfully in New York playing the media because, remember, he was one of them and broke away. And I think that's one of the reasons that they hate him as much as they do. All right, and it goes on and on. It talks about stuff. If you want to read it, go right ahead. It's in New Yorker magazine. Uh, Maybe I'll share a link. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But I will tell you that it just goes on about talking about Kevin McCarthy, Lindsey Graham, and others that are saying, we want to stay in touch. What's going on? Bill Steppi and David Bossie, others that were part of the uh, running the campaign, Margo, who used to work with um, DeSantis, who's now back with Trump, is part of the orbit. And there's lots of people around him. He's making a lot of moves. And that's that. You can check that out. But I just got some breaking news, some sad news, that former President Trump's wife, Ivana Trump, uh, has died at 73 years old. This is according to Fox News and other outlets that are reporting this. 
Um, and my condolences to Don Jr. and Eric and the rest of the family. Uh, it's a, obviously a very sad time to lose your mom. I lost my mom like 11 years ago, and uh, it's really it's never the same. But I will uh, go ahead and read you the quote that Trump put out, uh, Donald J. Trump. I'm very saddened to inform all that those of, that loved her, of which there are many, that Ivana Trump has passed away at her home in New York City. She was a wonderful, beautiful, and amazing woman who led a great and inspirational life. Her pride and joy were her three children, Don Jr., Ivanka, and Eric. She was so proud of them, as we were all so proud of her. Rest in peace, Ivana. Donald Trump and Ivana Trump had three children after getting married in 1977, which include Don Jr., Ivanka, and Eric. And um, that's a real shame. I'm sorry to hear that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just reading some of this article here. Forgive me. The It's always sad, obviously. It's very sad when you lose your mom. This uh, reminds me of uh, an interview I did with uh, Don Jr. once, and before or after the interview, we stayed on the phone for a second, and he mentioned to me how he had gone every summer because his mom wanted him to understand their uh, their background, their Czech roots, and what it was like to, to live in communism, and he would visit with his grandmother and stay entire summers in the Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia. And uh, it was just an endearing story to hear that, you know, people that had all of this wealth and opulence and, you know, grew up living in Trump Tower as little kids, that they um, still had that experience of a humility of living in in a in an Eastern European country that was once um, communist controlled and living with their grandmother who could bring them up to speed on that. That's an experience I've never had. I've never lived in any other country. And I think it, it goes to show... Uh, how you can still be rich and famous and still be really grounded down to earth. And from my experience in, you know, events that I've attended with uh, Don Jr. and Eric and whatnot, um, terrific family and uh, my condolences to them. Anyway, we'll leave it on that note. When we come back, we'll discuss some of the crazy things that are going on in Jersey and in Pennsylvania. So there's more to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez here, and I am still not a taco. If you're out there with Dr. Jill Biden, uh, let her know. No soy un taco. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about some of the things that uh, most people don't care about, but I find incredibly amusing. And that's some of the stuff that's going down at the Jersey Shore. It's summertime, and uh, there's, you know, a couple of stories out there. The other day, there was a story about this huge humpback whale that was discovered beneath a pier at one of the beaches down at the Jersey Shore. And I thought that was just amazing because I've never even seen a humpback whale in real life outside of a zoo or a, a aquarium, excuse me. So I, I thought that was interesting, and I kept reading, and I saw a couple of other stories. Now, one of the other stories that I saw had to do with, uh, let me see, let me pull it up and I'll tell you exactly what it said, because uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, was there is a new spinoff of 
the Jersey Shore, which is uh, taking place in New Jersey. Believe it or not, they found another beach that would let them do that. So I'm going to get to that. But first, I want to talk about this statewide luxury car theft ring that's operating in the Garden State from Philadelphia straight to Jersey, down to the Jersey Shore. Now, this is interesting. This is coming out of Avalon, New Jersey. CBS News is reporting that several New Jersey neighborhoods stretching from the Philadelphia suburbs all the way to the Jersey Shore have been hit by what investigators are describing as a statewide luxury car ring of theft. Now, according to the Avalon police, the thieves have stolen four luxury cars so far, a Mercedes, a BMW, a Porsche, and a Bentley, between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. on Tuesday. Look at that. Very eventful Tuesday. Now, home surveillance cameras captured the thieves who were wearing gloves and masks. Aha! Taste the soup. Now, the police chief, uh, Jeff Christopher, said the crooks were able to steal the cars because the owners either left the key fobs in the vehicles or they left their homes unlocked, which allowed thieves to go inside while people were asleep and find the car keys. My question is, had they know where to look? Were they there before? Are these your friends? Are these your neighbors? Summertime parties, cookouts, barbecues? You never know. Oh, can I use your bathroom? They case the joint. They come back. Who knows? This is why I'm not that social all the time. Anyway, here's a quote. It's absolutely scary, and people are coming down on vacation to enjoy themselves, and sometimes they get complacent and leave their doors unlocked, said Christopher. This is bad news. we got to remind everybody to keep your doors locked. Uh, Chief Christopher also said they're working with New Jersey State Police because these thieves have been operating across the state. And it goes on and to list other towns that they're working with. But that's the moral of the story here. Lock your door. Stay strapped if you can. Be careful. Now, in other shore news, and I just felt like talking about the shore because I feel like going down there. And I probably won't have the chance to this weekend. But I'm with you guys on the weekend, and I want you to have this update. Now, this is uh, for, uh, toward the end of the week. There was an update on what's going on with what they're calling Jersey Shore 2.0, a new Jersey Shore with different cast members that are going to live their lives out on the shore. Now, funny story I just want to share with you quickly about Jersey Shore is that when it came out, I was reticent to watch it. I'd heard some of the reviews. I didn't watch it from the beginning. And I thought, you know, I um, probably don't want to get into this. I was not a reality TV person. I was like, yeah, whatever. But around 2012, about three years after it came out, I um, invited Angelina Pavarnik from the Jersey Shore to attend a fundraiser I was doing for Hurricane Sandy. I found her to be very charming, although she's the villainess on TV. She's actually a really nice person. We stayed friendly. She'd come to several uh, events I'd done since then, fundraisers, uh, events to raise awareness and whatnot. And um, I got to know her, and I think she's a terrific person. Despite what you see on TV, she's actually a really cool person. And what, I, what I'll say about that is I think they're probably all really cool people. So while they were a little bit crazy at the shore because they were young and having a good time at the beach... It, it uh, I think, gave them a bad reputation, and a lot of the towns felt like their show or their presence gave the town a bad reputation. So there's this piece, and I'll share it on social media, that says, you know, they finally found a place to film the new Jersey Shore 2.0, and it's going to be at one of the inlets just uh, by Atlantic City. And there's a mansion in Atlantic City that's rented out by Airbnb where they're going to be using this as the shore house. They're actually currently doing it now. I think they're going to film until late August. So again, I'm pretty sure 90% of you don't care about this news, but there's 10% of you out there that are like me that learn to love the Jersey Shore, and I still enjoy watching it when it's on. Maybe I'll have her on the program if we can uh, nail her down. I know she's busy going all over the place. But anyway, that's all I've got for you guys right now. 
It's always a pleasure to be with you. I am Rich Valdez. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This is America with Rich Valdez. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So make sure you do something. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 